today on Moody Presents with Mark Job. Just because people don't encourage you, keep going. Keep going. Keep moving forward. Keep progressing. Keep walking. Hey, don't expect a cheerleading crowd to say, rah, rah, go make it. No, keep doing it because you know God is in it. Thanks for connecting with Moody Presents, your home for the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and founding pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm John Geiger, and you have joined us in the middle of a very dramatic scene in Luke chapter 6. The main character is a guy with a withered hand. Now, picture this. He's standing in front of a crowd with that disfigured hand fully exposed, not just to the crowd, but of course to Jesus himself. And what does Jesus do? Well, he heals the man. The only catch? Well, this all happened on the Sabbath. Now, what can you and I possibly learn from this man's story? As you stay with us today on Moody Presents, I think you might be surprised. First, this quick reminder. If you'd like to catch up on our current series, Bullseye Living, Staying on Target with God, visit our website, moodypresents.org. You can listen to any past messages at moodypresents.org, moodypresents.org. And now, here's Pastor Mark Job with today's Moody Presents. I believe there's tons of people out in the street that don't attend any church today because they have a view of church people that they're sort of hypocritical and judgmental. They're not against God, but they're against church. God forbid that New Life Community Church would ever develop a Pharisee type of religion. And what I mean by that is the doors of this church need to be constantly open to people no matter what background they come from, no matter what neighborhood they come from, no matter what they've done in life or where they've been in life. Hopefully the doors of this church will be wide open for people to come here that haven't been in church in a long time, that may have never been in church, and people that are coming here that really desperately need God And this is the place they need to come and they don't need to be judged when they walk in these doors like, hey, do you measure up to our standard? In fact, if someone walks in these doors on Sunday morning and they have the hangover look (laughs) and a breath that speaks strongly of the hangover look, And I've talked to people on Sunday morning here, just smelling their breath almost gets you high. (laughs) It's the, I've been partying all night, and I haven't shaved, and I haven't changed, and I'm miserable inside, and I showed up in church because someone invited me. My eyes are red and glazed because, man, I've been out there. But I came to this church hoping that I would find hope somewhere. Knowing that that what I'm doing and where I'm at is just causing me to be more and more empty. But in my heart I know that my solution is in God. And if someone walks in the doors like that and you sort of scoot over like, he don't let me sit next to this guy. And sort of like, what are you doing in church? Thank God they're here. 
But you see, a church that has a Pharisee mentality where we point out the withered aspects in people's lives without grace and love, we will never bring healing to people's lives if all we do is point out the withered aspects of people's life without grace and love. And I believe that the journey towards wholeness, the journey towards healing in our life, requires us to step out of our comfort zone and towards the God zone. Notice what Jesus does with this man who is in front of all these Pharisees and in the synagogue, already self-conscious about his withered hand because the Pharisees believed that if you had a physical deformity, that that physical deformity was a result of the judgment of God. And they were fond of saying when someone had an injury or a physical deformity, who sinned, him or his parents? And the Bible says in verse 8, look at what it says. And they were debating about whether it was right to heal on the Sabbath or not. See, religious people get caught up in religious arguments that really don't matter. Here's a man that needs healing, and all they're concerned about is whether Jesus is going to heal on the Sabbath or not. Please give me a break. This man needs healing, and you're wondering if it's right for Jesus to heal on the Sabbath because healing could be considered a form of work? You see, I don't know, I don't know what you're thinking. You could sit in, in your chair right now and smile at me, and I could think, well, they're with me. And you could be thinking, I wonder where his car's at so I can slash his tires. You know, I, I, I don't know what you're thinking. You could seem like a really nice person, but really not be thinking that fondly of me. And believe me, you wouldn't be the first. Probably not the last either. But, but the thing about Jesus is Jesus always knows what we're thinking. You see, right now, as you sit in this place, the heart of God, the Spirit of God searches through and knows exactly where you're at, knows exactly where you're thinking. You see, He knows if you're running or trying to hide. He knows what you've struggled with this week. He knows who you've talked to, where you've been, what you've watched on television, what you've, what you've clicked on your computer screen this week. He knows your conversations, where you've been, who you've been with. He knows how long you've been there. He knows the neighborhoods you've driven through. He knows what music you've listened to. He knows what's gone through your head. He knows every single thing about you, every single thing. There's nothing to hide. He said to the man with the shriveled hand, get up and stand in front of everyone. Now, how many of you know that when you have a deformity or when you have a physical trait that right now, right then, you're a little bit embarrassed that the last thing you want to do is stand up in front of everybody? You know, they tell us that the number one fear in America, you know what it is? It's not height. It's not death. It's not taxes. It's not cancer. You know what the number one fear of Americans is? To stand up in front of a crowd and have to speak. Number one fear. There's something about it that causes the shivers to go through our system. You know why? Because there's a sense of they're judging me. What do they think about me? And how many of you know that when you have something that you're self-conscious about, you think everybody's staring at it? 
How about it? You wake up in the morning, ladies, you wake up in the morning, it's just a bad day, and there it goes, that big old pimple on your forehead. <laughs> you cover it up, you make it up. But you know what? You feel like when you say hi that people's eyes are going right to it. So you feel like they're staring at it. I know they're staring right at it. And so you don't want to go out. You don't want to do this. You know, you, they're staring right at it because you feel whenever you have a little bit of something that's not right, you feel like everybody's looking. How about it? We get self-conscious about it. We think like everybody's looking. I, I know young teenage kids, when they get a haircut and they hate their haircut, they go around for a week in the summer with hats on, with big hats that cover their head because they feel like everybody's looking at it. So this man stands up in front of the entire crowd, and here's what I want you to understand. Listen, I want you to understand that the journey to wholeness begins when we get out of our comfort zone and we're willing to step into the God zone, what God is asking us to do. And listen, there will never be healing in your life. There will never be wholeness in your life. There will never be an absolute dealing with the withered parts of your life until you are willing to stop hiding it, and until you're willing to take steps out of your comfort zone to deal with the tough areas of your life that God is asking you to deal with. So he stands up, the hardest thing for a man with a withered hand, stands up in front of a crowd knowing that all the eyes are on, especially the judgmental Pharisees. And if you've ever been around someone that has a physical deformity or someone, if you've ever been injured or hurt, or you know that people stare. Ah, one of the worst things is the staring of people. So he stands up in front of every, everybody's eyes, scan the man, and they scan his withered hand. They see it. The second thing I want you to realize in your journey to wholeness, hey, uh, we, we all have withered parts of our life, and I want you to acknowledge that you have withered parts, I have withered parts, we all have. The beauty is this, that we all have areas of dysfunction and witheredness in our life, shriveled areas of our life. There's not a person in this room, I want you to hear me well, there's not a person in this room that's completely 100% whole in their life, because we all have areas in our life that God is dealing with. All of us do. Most of us feel a little bit out of place because we feel like I'm broken, but everybody else is whole. But the truth of it is it's not that way. We all have areas in our life that are broken, that are shriveled, and need the touch of God. Every single one of us. I don't care if you came from a great family and your dad took you out to all the ballpark games and prayed with you in a Christian family and whatever. Your sinful nature has created brokenness in your life and we all have it. There's not a person here that can look at anybody else and say, wow, you're broken, I'm not. We all are broken to one degree or another. We all have dysfunction. We all have shriveled areas in our life. So we might as well get used to it. We're the, we're the community of the shriveled. And there's a sense of freedom when we're able to talk about the areas of our life that are really dysfunctional and shriveled and need the touch of God. All of us need the touch of God, right? We are the community of the shriveled. 
More coming up on that journey to wholeness in just a moment here on Moody Presents. Right now, though, I want to direct you to our website. It's moodypresents.org. There you'll find some really helpful links. For example, resources to help you take that next step in your walk with Jesus Christ. Uh, By clicking on the word resources at our website, you'll enjoy biblical perspectives on anxiety, spiritual growth, pain, and other important topics. How about clicking on the words ways to listen? and recommend Moody Radio to a friend by searching for stations in their area, or check out our apps and our many, many podcasts. Most importantly, when you click on How to Know Christ, it would be our honor and privilege to show you from the Bible how you can place your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior right now. All this and so much more, like uh, links to Moody Publishers, Radio Moody Spanish Programming, our undergraduate and graduate studies programs, all at moodypresents.org. That's moodypresents.org. Well, let's get back to the second half of today's message and what you and I can learn from the man with the withered hand as we continue with Moody Presents. Here's Pastor Mark. And the second thing that I want you to see in your journey to wholeness is this. I want you to remember that it's really hard to step up front because it exposes our deformity to others. It makes him risk rejection and judgment. It would require him to trust Jesus. He could have stayed sitting. Jesus says, stand up. He knows that people may reject him. He has to trust Jesus fully in this. And the second thing I want you to understand, write this down. The journey to wholeness will sometimes be hindered by the very people that we expect to help us. You see, the Pharisees were the religious people. They should have been helping the man with the withered hand, but instead of helping him, they were judging him. Instead of helping him, they were magnifying his shriveled hands. And oftentimes in our life, I want you to hear me, oftentimes in our life, there will be people around us that are close to us that we expect should help us, but instead of helping us, They actually magnify our problem. Don't expect that as you start dealing with an issue in your life, everybody's going to cheer you on. Don't expect that everybody close to you is going to be a great support to you. Not everybody will be a great support to you. Not everybody's going to cheer you on. Not everybody's going to put their arm around you full of grace and mercy and encourage you. There will be some people that you expect encouragement from that will criticize you. Sometimes it's family members. Sometimes it's your spouse. Sometimes it's a person that you grew up with that you expect as you journey to wholeness, as you start living for God, that they would be excited for you, but they're not always excited about it. They're not always for you. They're not always in your camp. And sometimes we allow those people to turn us away from God. You see, the Pharisees were looking at Jesus. They could care less about the shriveled point in this person's hand. They were arguing about religious things. You see, religion sometimes gives us just enough spirituality to keep you from ever needing or wanting an authentic encounter with God. And I want you to get used to it. Not everybody's going to support your dream. 
Now, some of you are finally going to deal with tough issues in your life, and maybe it's, maybe it's sexual abuse that happened to you when you were a child, and it really has left a mark on your life, and you finally go to deal with it, and people say, come on, get over it. it that didn't really happen. It's made up in your head. When you really needed someone to say, hey, I understand. Wow, it must have been tragic. People will dismiss it. Sometimes the very pain in your life of depression, people just say, well, get over it. Just be happy. No, you don't understand. There's people in life that will not encourage our recovery, encourage our wholeness, encourage our healing. But here's the thing. Don't stop the journey just because people don't encourage you. Keep going. Keep going. Keep moving forward. Keep progressing. Keep walking. Hey, don't expect a cheerleading crowd to say, rah, rah, go make it. No, keep doing it because you know God is in it. Keep doing it because you know wholeness is in it. Keep doing it even though you have to go through the painful journey of facing lies about you, of dealing with painful things. Keep going through the process. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't stop dealing with issues. Keep dealing with issues because in the end, if you do, you will become a more whole person in the light of God, more fully functional and more healed in the presence of God. The last thing and third thing I want you to remember is this, is that the journey towards wholeness will require doing something that you cannot possibly do without divine help. You see, the very last thing that Jesus does with this person is just, if it wasn't Jesus, we would say it's cruel. First of all, he has this man stand up in front of people that are judging him. And then when he's up there, look at what it tells us that Jesus in verse 10, in verse 9, he says, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or destroy it? And then it says that Jesus pans the crowd. He looks around at all the crowd that's there. And then he looks at the man and he says to the man, now stretch out your hand. It's right there in verse 10. Stretch out your hand? I mean, how can you tell someone who has atrophy in his hand and his hand is withered to stretch it out? Don't you know, Jesus, that that's impossible to do? You see, I believe there comes a point in time where the divine intersects with the humanly impossible. And then without the touch of God, you can't do it. You see, this is not a self-improvement program. This is a divine connection place. There's certain things that God is going to ask you to do that in your own power you could never do. It's like telling the alcoholic, stop drinking. And the alcoholic is going to say, I've tried I've tried, I've tried, I've gone to AA meetings, I've tried to tear up the bottles, I've tried to say I won't drink, I just can't on my own power. It's like telling the bitter person, just forgive them. And they say, well, I've tried to forgive, I just can't release it. And God says to this man, just 
stretch out your hand. Now, do you think that he hadn't tried to stretch out his hand before? Do you think that in the privacy of his bedroom, he didn't try to stretch out his arm? I can imagine that in the privacy of his house, he would try to unravel his fingers and make his hand stretch out. I imagine that a hundred times he had tried to stretch out his hand. I imagine that when it first happened, when he reached out to try to grab a cup of water, he extended his hand, but it just wouldn't work. I imagine that a hundred times he said, just do it. Let me force myself. Let me extend it. But you see, in his own natural power, it was impossible. There comes a point in time in our life where God asks us to do what is only humanly impossible to us. And it cannot be done without the divine release of supernatural power from on high. You see, some of you have been trying to change areas of your life that you just can't change. And you've been trying to do it in your own power. You cannot do it in your own power. You need the miraculous, supernatural, divine release and touch of the power of God. How does it work? Well, it doesn't mean that you don't try, but it means that you take a step saying, God, without your touch, without your power, I can't do this. So I will take the first step. I can imagine the crowd looking at this man some people kind of embarrassed, like, Jesus, what are you asking this man to do? Others anticipating the Pharisees crossing their arms. And this man stands in front of the crowd. Years have passed by since this atrophied arm has not extended. And Jesus says to the man, now stretch out your hand. Those words of Jesus spoken by the Almighty have divine power. And those words penetrate the heart and spirit of this man. He's tried a hundred times before, but this time there's something different. Because this time it's not his own willpower. It's not the suggestion of a friend. It's not a dream that he has inside. It's the divine words of God, Jesus the Messiah. They penetrate his soul. Faith raises from within. He feels a power within his body that he's never felt before. He takes the withered arm from outside behind his back. He exposes it to everybody. And now for the first time in his life, he's trying to do something with God's divine power. Like a hundred times before, he starts to stretch out what he's never been able to do. But this time, oh, this time, this time, there's power from on high. This time, there's supernatural anointing flowing from the presence of God. And as he begins to stretch out his arm, suddenly there's a release. Suddenly there's an extension. He feels the fingers that have not uncurled for years begin to uncurl before him. And by the time this act of faith is done, his hand is fully extended by the power of God.
That's your life. Some of you have tried 100, 200. You've tried to change, and it's been impossible. You've tried to forgive your spouse, and it's just been too hard. You've tried to stop an old lifestyle, it's been impossible. You've tried to forgive a perpetrator against you, and it seems improbable that it would happen. You've tried to stop an addiction, and it just seems like it won't go away. You've tried to turn around, and you cannot do it on your own. That shriveled part of your life needs the divine release of the hand of God. And today, the Spirit of the living God, today right here, is saying that there is not a shriveled part of anybody's life here that is beyond God's transforming power. Today, the Spirit of God speaks boldly and powerfully to your life, saying, I know you've tried on your own. I'm not asking you to change yourself. I'm asking you to trust me, to believe me, to have faith that I can change you if you release and heal the areas that no one else can heal, the divine release of God. You may think you can make the journey on your own, but you can't. We all need divine help. A great word today from Mark Job. Thank you, Pastor Mark, and thank you for listening today to Moody Presents. I want to remind you that you can hear this program again or explore other past programs in our current Bullseye Living series by heading to moodypresents.org. Once again, that's moodypresents.org. Well, maybe you feel stuck in your life. Hey, does it just kind of seem like the wheels of your spiritual life are kind of spinning and you're going nowhere fast? Well, next time, we'll come face to face with a guy in Scripture who was also stuck. And we'll discover what we can learn from his life-changing encounter with Jesus. It's Bartimaeus, the blind man, on Moody Presents next week. I'm John Geiger, and Moody Presents is a production of Moody Radio and a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Thanks for listening.